As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey everyone. It's Megan here. Welcome back to the show. So many new beginnings around here. Uh, Sean Brighton and I and all of our amazing pets just moved into a new home only about 15 or 20 minutes down the road. But the best news is we are right next door to Brighton School. She could literally walk to school, but I'm pretty sure we're still going to drive her. So that's really exciting. And we we pretty much just moved across town to a side of town where we have a lot going on. Like I said, Brighton School is next door. She rides at a barn, she rides horses at a barn that's not too far from here. So a little bit closer to that. But a lot of the things that we enjoy doing or our shopping, grocery shopping, uh, a beach that we really like, we're just so much closer. Uh, we're actually right outside of the Tampa area in Florida. The hurricane, I don't even know what the name of the hurricane was that came through because I did not pay attention to the weather very much. But the hurricane uh, passed through last night and got some rain this morning until about noon. Everything is totally fine here. I do believe there was some flooding down by the coast, which we're about a mile away from. We're a mile away from the Gulf. I could walk there, walk my bike, but I think they had some flooding down there. But all is well here. And last week, I was on site with a client for about three or four days. And luckily, Sean and I spent our whole summer kind of slowly packing up our house because we knew we were going to be moving and we didn't want to have this big rush at the end. So we had a lot that was already done. As you know, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you have experienced moving your entire house at least once. We have moved, I think this was our sixth or seventh time that we have moved since we've been together for 15, 16 years. And it's never fun. Uh, but we're in. So we moved everything out all day Saturday, all day Sunday. We had to go back and finish some things up on Monday and Tuesday. It's Wednesday at the time of this recording. And we are now living amongst a lot of boxes and, you know, the big, I don't know how many gallon trash, ba- trash bags where you like throw your towels and your linens and your sheets and everything in those. So it's just kind of a mess everywhere. We haven't really set up the rooms. I mean, furniture's in here, but we still have quite a bit of work to do, but we are enjoying it. And with new beginnings, we are going to continue to talk about onboarding. I have been recording quite a few episodes in the last two months on the importance of onboarding and have really been breaking down that process. And I want to dive in and talk about onboarding even more today. It's very top of mind because the onboarding process for an education or coaching business is an area that I pay a lot of attention to very closely when I'm brought in for auditing and consulting folks on their coaching and education programs that have experienced rapid growth in a very short period of time. So typically we're working with business owners who are doing seven, eight, and nine figures just in the education business. Uh, Some of our clients have multiple 
multiple streams of income, multiple businesses that they're in, and that's one of them. And I find that typically the onboarding sequences and processes that I walk into in other programs are lacking a lot that is needed in order for clients to be successful, start generating results, and ultimately helping them make a decision to become a loyal client within the first zero to 90 days in your program, in your ecosystem, really. Even if you are working with them in a 12-month program container, we want them making up their minds in the first zero to 90 days if they are going to stay with you long-term or if they are going to exit. It becomes very difficult to change a customer's mind the closer you get to their contract needing to be or coming to an end. You know, oftentimes we want to renew the client at the end of the contract. And if we're waiting too long to win the client over close to when that renewal date comes up, it becomes very heavy lifting. If we didn't onboard them and give them an incredible client experience in those first 90 days. Another reason why this is very top of mind for me is because earlier today, I met with one of my clients' teams. So oftentimes, I don't do a lot of work with the CEO or the COO of a company, although I do some work with them. Typically, I'm working with my clients' team. So I am working with anybody in the client success department communication department. Oftentimes I'll work with executive assistants. And um, I also have a business partner and her expertise is in marketing. And so we really combine our work together and she often will work quite a bit with uh, our client's marketing team. So earlier today, I met with a client's team who will be enrolling a new round of clients and renewing clients who are currently in the program into a $25,000 12-month mastermind program later this year. And like I said, they're also going to be renewing existing clients for another year in the next few weeks. And you know, I knew this these dates were coming up in their calendar, so I wanted to connect with the team before diving into me just starting this onboarding redesign to get a better sense of the existing setup. They've been running this program for quite a few years. So I I was talking to about three different team members through this process. And the first team member that I asked, this was just in a Slack channel. I said, hey, I'm going to be redesigning and revamping the onboarding process for the program. Can you give me a couple of things? Number one, I would love for you to share with me if you have a Google Doc or some sort of document where it walks through what the onboarding process is give that to me or if there's some some sort of project management system, I want to see it laid out. And then number two, I want access to every element of the onboarding process. So whether that's intake forms, welcome emails, uh, welcome landing pages that a client is splashed over to after they make their payment, any email sequences, I want to see all that. I want to see dates of how this, like the timeline of how this is rolled out. And she goes, well, it's pretty non-existent, but I'll get you what I can. And she was going to get it to me the next day. Another team member that I had an actual call with said, well, uh, she's right. We really only have an intake form. They don't get a welcome email. There's no welcome video. There is no welcome email sequence. 
And uh, in other words, there just really isn't any type of formal onboarding process between when the client's credit card is run. And so the sale is closed up until uh, when the program begins. And then my philosophy around onboarding, you'll hear a little bit later, but onboarding is not just an orientation call or a welcome call. That is really a poor excuse for an onboarding process. It, that That's just no longer enough in the world that we live in today. And then the third team member is brand new, which is very exciting, the position that she's filling. So she didn't know one way or the other about the onboarding process, but she's been involved in education and coaching companies in the past. And so she's well aware of what an onboarding process is and the importance of the onboarding process. So as you can see, you know, this is a $25,000 program. In the past, it was shorter than 12 months. We're actually extending it so that moving forward, starting next year, it is going to be 12 months. And you know, I'm most of my clients have programs that cost 10,000, 20, 25,000, 50,000, even up to $75,000. It's very important that if you're charging that kind of money, that you have a very uh, well oiled, dialed in machine of an onboarding process because your clients are going to have very high expectations when they are making that kind of financial decision. So the onboarding process is very key. So for this particular program, a well-thought-out onboarding process is absolutely crucial for another reason, and that is because the program doesn't officially begin until the new year. However, renewals with existing clients who are finishing up their current contract, their current contract ends in September. So those renewals will begin in September, and the new clients who will be joining the program the large majority of those sales will be closed in the month of November. The program doesn't begin until January. So there are weeks, if not months, in between the sale is closed and when the program actually begins. I remember back during my director of client success days for a coaching company that I worked for called Divine Living, our sales cycle for our 12-month program was six months long at the time. We'd start enrolling new clients in July and every month thereafter for a program that didn't begin until around mid-January. So obviously, uh, we had to come up with a series of trainings, calls, and modules from September all the way to December to better onboard and prepare the clients, plus give them something for the money they invested. You know, if someone's buying into a five-figure or multi-five-figure education or coaching program, and they are putting even payments down or deposit down or paying in full, and the program doesn't start until weeks later or even months later, that's not actually super uncommon. That happens. It's just some people structure their programs in that way. Is fine, but your onboarding process has to become incredibly robust at that point. And look, onboarding for those types of programs where there is a gap, a significant gap in between when the sale is closed and when the program begins, onboarding does not end when the program begins. Onboarding won't end until the client reaches their first significant success milestone or result, which could be a few weeks into the program. It could be a month or more into the program. So when you close the sale, but the program doesn't start until weeks or months later, 
you actually have a little bit more work to do because now your onboarding process is a lot longer because you want to keep those clients highly engaged. You want them connecting with one another. You've got to give them access to something inside the program or create something additional so that they are making progress in a direction and are very prepared once the program begins later down the road. So, you know, we had to do that back when I worked at Divine Living and it actually worked really, really well. People were very pleased and they loved what we came up with. Honestly, it was kind of like having a 16-month program instead of a 12-month program. And I won't get into all the details about, about what we did there. So the other thing that I want to share with you, this is so important, is that clients go through a series of psychological phases when contemplating making a purchase into a program, as well as after they make the purchase, and as they are navigating the client experience. And it's really important that you understand, A, that your client is going through a series of psychological phases, B, you want to know what they are, and C, you want to know how to work with your clients and lead them through those phases, because if you're not leading them through those phases, they are not going to lead themselves through those phases. And you are at very high risk of losing clients, of clients becoming disengaged. And if we're losing them or they're becoming disengaged, that means they're not participating. They aren't learning. They are not taking action. They are not getting results. And they will decide in their minds very, very quickly that they are not receiving any value in your program, even if your program is the bomb.com and it is insanely valuable. It doesn't really matter if you think it's valuable. It matters if your clients think your program is valuable. Let's run through those eight phases really quickly. All I'm going to do in this episode is list in and give you a very short description about which each phase means. You might want to write these down. So phase one is the assess phase. This is when a potential customer is deciding if they want to do business with you. This is pre-purchase, and they are at the phase of assessing their options before they make that purchase. Phase two is the admit phase. This is when a customer admits they have a problem or a need, and they believe you can solve it. Ultimately, they're going to buy your product. Phase three is the affirm phase. This is when your client has buyer's remorse. They have feelings of doubt, fear, and uncertainty, and they're going to have this pretty quickly after making that purchase. Usually you see feelings of doubt, fear, uncertainty, and buyer's remorse bubble up within the first 24 to 48 hours of that purchase, which is critical, critical moment in the cycle. Phase four is the activate phase. This is the first major post-sale interaction. This is when the business begins to deliver on the promises made during the assess phase. This is when the service begins. It might be the initial kickoff meeting to get things rolling. And ultimately, this is the first impression that you are making on the client. Phase five is the acclimate phase. This is when the customer learns about an organization's way of doing business. You want to properly onboard the customer and get them bought into your approach. Hold their hand as they embrace your approach. Phase six is the accomplished phase. This occurs when the customer achieves the result they were seeking when they decided to do business with you in the first place. 
when your service delivers on the hopes they had at the beginning of the relationship. In order for the relationship to advance, the customer must accomplish their original goal. Phase seven is the adopt phase. This is when the customer finally begins to take ownership of the relationship, leading the charge on deepening and strengthening their bond with you, your brand, your program, your business. They proudly show their support and affinity for your brand and are thrilled to be associated with your reputation. You want to make them feel like they are part of an exclusive tribe, receiving unique rewards and participating in special shared language. And finally, the last phase, phase eight, is the advocate phase. This is when a customer becomes a raving fan, a zealous promoter, and eager referral engine all in one. You want to develop into a built-in, unpaid, uncommissioned marketing representative, singing your praises far and wide to other potential customers who might benefit from your product or service. This is the ultimate customer, the loyal advocate. So let's jump back to the conversation I was having with that client's team of mine uh, today about revamping their nearly non-existent onboarding process. It's important to know a key statistic, and that is this. I said at the beginning of this episode, clients and customers decide between days zero and 90 of joining a program, whether or not they're going to stay in it or leave. So clients might actually be deciding as, as early as day one from swiping their credit card. If they do not, if you don't make a good first impression, if you do not give them something that they just purchased, if they are not having communication with you and they're just sort of sitting around idle, that person is going to start questioning very quickly their decision. They're going to second guess themselves and you may be hearing from them. So again, clients and customers decide between day zero and 90 of joining a program, whether or not they're going to stay or leave. So it's obviously way too late to wait until the end of a client contract to try to make things right. Onboarding clients in a comprehensive and individualized way is the make or break for retention in the online coaching and education business. Not to mention onboarding has the power to develop an invisible marketing engine of steady qualified referrals from your existing happy, satisfied clients. You want to look at onboarding as more than just a single moment in time. Consider onboarding to be an event with a beginning, a middle, and an end. So the beginning. Onboarding begins as soon as a client swipes their credit card. If the same thing is happening on a live call with a salesperson, that salesperson now shifts into onboarding mode. Like my client that I've been talking about, uh, many of the sales for this particular program are made at a live in-person event, which is an absolutely wonderful opportunity to begin the onboarding process with those brand new clients and the renewals, because a lot of your existing clients will come to your live events with an in-person touch point. Is there a special morning coffee or lunch or VIP evening you can design just for those new clients and renewing clients? One of the ideas that we tossed around during our meeting today was even a photo op with the business owner on stage at the completion of the event. Then frame that picture and send it in a welcome box with a few other items the month before the program begins. 
Now I have seen that done. I remember I was at a Brenda Burchard event with my husband, Sean. This was years ago, maybe 2017, or I think it was 2017, maybe 2018. And he decided to join Brendan Burchard's certification program for high performance. I think it's called the High Performance High Performance Certification Program, CHCP, something like that. I don't know. Anyway, he purchased it. We get to the very end of the event. Everyone's heading out the doors. And anyone who purchased the certification program lined up to the side of the stage one by one. They got to walk up to the center of the stage where Brendan was. Got to shake his hand, got to say a few words, and we're talking like five, 10 seconds at the most, turn around, someone, a photographer is taking a picture, and then that picture was sent to them via snail mail. And I also, I believe a digital copy of that picture was sent as well. And sometimes that that's plenty. So you don't have to have a coffee or a tea or some sort of VIP experience, but if you are going to have a live event where people are joining your coaching program at the live event, you want to have some sort of special moment where the new clients and renewing clients who have recently renewed their contract have some sort of special moment with you and or a special moment together. And you can't wait until the last minute to decide what this is. You can't wait until the event is happening uh, because your time is going to be taken up. And that's one of the things that we ran into in our conversation today We were kind of tossing around, like, could there be a VIP coffee for them on the last day? Could it be a VIP lunch on the last day? Uh, Could it be something in the evening? But based on the schedule, we decided, you know what, the best possible way to really connect with them is to perhaps do a photo op. People really love that. You're giving them something tangible. It's very special. Not everybody in the room is getting to have that photo. And not everybody's going to get that photo sent to them in a beautiful box right before the program begins. So that's really important to talk through. You know, the beginning of onboarding, let's walk through that because I do want to give you a list of, well, what's included in the onboarding process? What's included in the beginning? Remember, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, and you want to look at onboarding in that way. The beginning of onboarding includes not all of these, but I'm going to run through a few of them, but this is not a total, total complete list. Obviously, making a payment. So, you know, the closing of the sale and the swiping of the credit card is really where sales transitions into onboarding. So I would really consider that sales and onboarding because it begins in that exact moment. So making the payment and the moment directly after that payment goes through, uh, whatever the client is going to receive as soon as that payment does go through, what is that? Or if it's in person, what are they receiving immediately in person? Are you giving them a t-shirt Are you giving them an invitation to a cocktail hour for new clients? Are you giving them a ticket to be able to go up on stage for a photo op? Are you giving them a binder? You know, if you're in-person things, that's easy to do. If they're buying virtually, what are they receiving immediately? That's like, here, you just purchased this and I'm going to give you something in return immediately. Obviously, the signing of the contract is probably part sales, part onboarding as well. Uh, gaining access to whatever they just purchased, obviously, as part of the onboarding process, perhaps joining a community platform. If you're using a Facebook group or a school or something else, that allows them to start connecting with other clients and building bonds, building a sense of belonging, building a sense of community among their peers. This is really important. Start becoming acclimated with where do I begin this journey? Where do I begin this process? I definitely getting the call schedule of the program in their calendar, 
maybe introducing themselves, reviewing introductions of other clients in the program. You can easily do that in the community platform. Meeting your team, that's critical in the very beginning of onboarding. Perhaps completing an intake form or a get-to-know-you form. Uh, You may even want to have clients complete a personalized client growth plan to help them decide on their goals, their success milestones, timelines to reach those milestones and goals, the results they want to see, what's holding them back, uh, how they're going to hold themselves accountable, and even what resources they need to be successful. So all of those really happen at the beginning of onboarding. You can also have an orientation call. You may want to have a one-on-one call walking your students through, um, you know, really just how to adjust, how to get acclimated to the program, what they have access to, and how to be very successful inside the program. So that's the beginning of onboarding. In the middle of onboarding, this is when when you want to set your clients up for success by considering the micro milestones they will need to reach in order to get their first real significant results in the program. So some questions you may want to ask yourself, what knowledge does your client need to be equipped with so that they can take those steps and get that first result? What skills do they need to develop? What steps do they need to take? And ultimately, what first result will they need to reach that leads to uh, future success milestones and future results in progress made inside the program? Because your clients aren't joining a six, nine, or 12-month program to get one result. They're going to get a lot of little results that I like to call either micro milestones or macro milestones. Some of the results are going to be more significant or bigger than the others, but it's a process. And all of those little milestones and all those little steps and all those little results add up to a much bigger outcome at the end of the program. So this middle section of onboarding is where you're helping, uh, helping your clients acclimate to how you do things. For example, if you're teaching real estate investors how to flip houses, you're getting them on board with your process so that when they take action and implement, they are more likely to get repeatable results just like you did, hopefully just like you still do, because you're showing them tried and true steps that work and have produced results for you and others. And then we head on to the end of the onboarding process. Onboarding doesn't end until a client reaches that first significant result in a program. And we've all heard, you want to help your clients get that first result pretty fast. You really want to help them get that first result in in 30 days, if at all possible. And that may not be possible for every single one of your clients. It's really important to realize that not every single client is going to be on the same pace as one another. Not each person in your program is necessarily going to complete onboarding at the same time. You know, if you have 500 students in your program, there's no way every single one of them is going to hit success milestones on the same days at the same pace, following the same timeline, and they're not all going to hit that first result that matters the most. So again, for an example, if you are a real estate investing education program, Maybe the first real big result for your clients is getting their first deal. And if you have a 12-month-long program, hopefully they're not just getting their first deal in the 12 months. Now, some of them might. It may take three months, five months, nine months, 12 months for some of your clients to make that first deal. And maybe it's not even realistic for them to make their first deal in the first 30 days. Maybe it is for some of them. 
But as you can see, not every single client is going to hit the success milestones at the same pace. Uh, Not all of them are going to hit results at the same time. And in fact, not all of your clients have the exact same goals. So it's really important that you figure out what are their goals, what do they value, and what's the timeline that is very important to them so that they get their needs met, they get their desires met, and then you want to have some sort of mechanism and or team member in place that's helping your clients track that. So this is all happening at the end. Again, onboarding doesn't end until a client reaches that first significant result, And not each client is going to complete onboarding at the exact same pace or time. Now, before you go thinking, but how on earth are we going to continue to scale with hundreds or thousands of clients if we have to be this hands-on with every single one of our clients? Consider this. Out of the six ways to generate leads for your programs, all of them are linear except one. Word of mouth. From your happy, satisfied clients, word of mouth is compounding and costs very little. Holding hands with your clients a little bit more during onboarding, totally worth it. You'll no longer have to hold their hands as much post-onboarding, and you'll create an army of clients who hold the hands and usher in brand new qualified clients that build your community beyond what you could have ever imagined possible. If you can get a client successfully all the way through onboarding, they are statistically more likely to take ownership and leadership of continuing to build and deepen their relationship with you and go on to become a loyal advocate for your brand, your name, you, your business, your team, and your programs. In fact, they even may step up to be a peer leader in your ecosystem, supporting other community members and clients to also become loyal advocates of your brand. It pays to go all in on elevating your onboarding process and treating it like a real event with a beginning, a middle, and an end. And with that, remember to design your business and life so that it is built to last. Until next time. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.